You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. He's going tomorrow, President Trump, to East Palestine, Ohio, to talk to the people affected by that horrible disaster. He's going, of course, Joe Biden and all the heavyweights in his administration, they have blown it off. Now, I know what the fake news is saying to the extent that they're reporting on this. It's just a photo op. Oh, it's all political. It's this, it's that. You know what it is? It's leadership. And good for him and good for the people there. It's going to be great. Uh, They'll feel great about seeing him. And uh, let's see what happens next. Joe Biden is focused, remains focused on Europe and Ukraine. And here he is, seems to be having the time of his life on a Polish Ukraine American Idol or something like that. This looks like a game show. And he is happy as can be as he does something in Poland that he hasn't done here in America. A prime time address about Ukraine. We're all essentially at war, and Joe Biden has not formally addressed the country in a primetime setting about this one very important subject. Hasn't done, done it for America. He does it for everybody else. And Joe being Joe, he did it in a crummy way. You, we would, would we, the, all of our allies, would be united or divided? We would be strong. We would be united. He thought NATO would fracture and divide. Instead, NATO is more united and more unified than ever, than ever before. Ah, NATO. NATO is more unified than ever before. Doesn't it give you a a warm feeling inside that the North Atlantic Treaty Organization is more? Have you ever heard this song? Be honest. doesn't ring a bell. Sounds like a kind of a crummy dirge. Uh, it is the anthem of NATO. It's been around for 34 years. Nobody can name this tune. Uh, but we're supposed to be pleased about NATO. Oh, by the way, Ukraine, for the record, not part of NATO. Okay? What else happened today in Poland? The kind of possibilities that come when people who live not in captivity, but in freedom. 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 There is no sweeter word than freedom. There is no nobler goal than freedom. There's no higher aspiration than freedom. All that we do now must be done so our children and grandchildren will know it as well. Freedom. The enemy of the tyrant and the hope of the brave and the truth of the ages. Freedom. 
Freedom, freedom. He can bark it all he wants. He doesn't know anything about freedom. This man is trying to put out of business, put out of existence MAGA, one of the greatest political movements of my lifetime, Make America Great Again. He has demonized it. He has presided over a country that is putting people in jail for January 6th, people who did not hurt anybody or break anything, who were allowed in by the cops. Freedom, freedom. Now he turns up, oh, this is, uh, this is what he does. He gets angry. There should be no doubt. Our support for Ukraine will not waver. NATO will not be divided, and we will not tire. Democrats and Republicans in our United States Congress have come together to stand for freedom. That's who Americans are, and that's what Americans do. And every member of NATO knows it, and Russia knows it as well. An attack against one is attack against all. It's a sacred oath. All right. Again, uh, NATO, uh, Ukraine. Ukraine's not part of NATO. Look, I want Ukraine to win, but uh, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. And remember, all of his tough talk, what he said last year. Uh, first of all, he is so emphatic that Putin is not going to win. And listen again to the tough talk. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never be able to ease the people's love of liberty. Brutality will never grind down the will of the free. And Ukraine, Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. Never. Strong words, and I hope he's right. I hope Ukraine is not a victory for Russia. But why did Joe give the green light to Russia one year ago? I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. What about freedom? What about pushing back against tyrants? Uh, my guess is he will. So here we are, $200 billion in, no end in sight. We may be dispatching warplanes soon. And let's be honest, okay? Can I see the map of Europe, please? We took out the names of all the countries. How many people in America do you think could pick Ukraine on that map? Could you? Could I? <laughs> Uh, I can, but I cheated, all right? Uh, but seriously, uh, this is a lot of treasure defending a country where Joe Biden's son had a pretty sweet no-show job. Anyway, we do have to address what Vladimir Putin said today. Uh, he pulled out of a very significant nuclear pact that's been around for a long time. They want to deliver us a strategic defeat while crawling into our strategic nuclear objects. Regarding this, I have to say that Russia suspends its participation in the New START Treaty. START, START, that's been around for a long time in various uh, phases, and that's it. It's gone. That's a pretty big step, and I think this is in reaction to Joe showing up in Kiev for that photo op. Uh, Ronald Reagan is the one who initiated START. For the immediate future, I'm asking my START, and START really means we've given up on SALT. START means strategic arms reduction talks. And that negotiating team to propose to their Soviet counterparts a practical, phased reduction plan. The focus of our efforts will be to reduce significantly the most destabilizing systems, the ballistic missiles, 
the number of warheads they carry, and their overall destructive potential. All right, awesome. And START, uh, Ronald Reagan, Gorbachev, they signed the first uh, START agreement, or at least the agreement to initiate START talks. Bush and Gorbachev actually signed, yes, yeah, START 1, and it goes on like this. Uh, Bush and Yeltsin, and then I think it was Clinton and Yeltsin. They had a lot of turnover there for a while. Obama and Medvedev, remember him, the front man for Putin. Uh, Trump. Uh, was negotiating a new start agreement. Uh, they didn't quite work it out. Biden and Putin actually came up with one, and now Putin has turned it off. <laughs> and it looks like he's really mad about Joe Biden showing up in, in Kiev. Now, um, I have no fondness for Putin, but uh, he does seem plugged in to certain things that are happening in America and the West. Look at what they are doing with their own peoples, the destruction of the family, cultural and national identity, perversion, abuse of children, up to pedophilia, are declared the norm, the norm of their life. This is happening. <laughs> you got, he's got us there, doesn't he? Too many people think that uh, gender reassignment for children is not only a right, but a passion in America. Um, he also went to January 6th. He's done this for a while. The fact that we have treated the people uh, who've been arrested over January 6th, the way we've treated them has reduced our legitimacy and our credibility in the world. No doubt about it. Uh, the pundits, the talking heads, though, they're all, and I'm generally kind of in agreement here. I mean, I don't like Putin, but... Um, there is a limit. I think they might even be going a little bit too far. Listen to this. Look, Russia is a pariah nation. They are strategically in a disastrous situation. He has no way out except to break the Western alliance. So here's the thing. When I was in the Marine Corps, they made us read this book by Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese warrior. And this is a proverb. Build your opponent a golden bridge to retreat across. You know, you can overdo it on your enemy sometimes. You got to leave room to save face. And it's almost like we're begging this guy to press the button, the nuclear button. Then again, there's a lot of tough talk from the administration and there's a lot of weakness. I want to talk about Tony Tony Blinken, the secretary of state, and compare him to uh, Donald Trump. There's Tony reacting to the news that they pulled out of the start agreement. And then Donald Trump reacting a couple of years ago to some uh, bad news in the foreign po policy realm. Take a look. The announcement by uh, Russia that it's uh, suspending participation in the start is deeply unfortunate and irresponsible. Uh, we'll be watching carefully to see what uh, Russia actually does. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. Which guy do you think they're going to listen to? Which guy is going to take care of America's interests? Take a good look, all right? We all know the answer. And I know Trump sometimes, yeah, it's not perfectly diplomatic, but it works. It works. Now, uh, the president has been monitoring all of this, President Trump, and he had a lot to say about the state of the world and America. And, well, 
We have most of it, and uh, let's press play. World War III has never been closer than it is right now. We need to clean house of all of the warmongers and America last globalists in the deep state, the Pentagon, the State Department, and the national security industrial complex. One of the reasons I was the only president in generations who didn't start a war is that I was the only president who rejected the catastrophic advice of many of Washington's generals, bureaucrats, and the so-called diplomats who only know how to get us into conflict, but they don't know how to get us out. For decades, we've had the very same people, such as Victoria Nuland and many others just like her, obsessed with pushing Ukraine toward NATO, not to mention the State Department support for uprisings in Ukraine. I love it. He's naming names. Victoria Nuland, uh, some State Department person. Uh, you know, this is his issue, though. It's great, but it's also dangerous. The swamp. He's calling out the swamp, and the swamp is coming to get him. They've been coming for him since 2015. And moments like this, well, it just fires them up even more. But I think it's necessary, and I think it's great. Next. These people have been seeking confrontation for a long time, much like the case in Iraq and other parts of the world. And now we're teetering on the brink of World War III. And a lot of people don't see it, but I see it. And I've been right about a lot of things. They all say Trump's been right about everything. None of this excuses in any way the outrageous and horrible invasion of Ukraine one year ago, which would have never happened if I was your president, not even a little chance. But it does mean that here in America, we need to get rid of the corrupt globalist establishment that has botched every major foreign policy decision for decades. And that includes President Biden, whose own people said he's never made a good decision when it comes to looking at other countries and looking at wars. We have to replace them with people who support American interests. Over our four years in the White House, we made incredible progress in putting the America last contingent aside and bringing the world to peace. And now we're going to complete the mission. The State Department, Pentagon, and National Security Establishment will be a very different place by the end of my administration. In fact, just into my administration, it'll be a very different place, and it'll get things done, just like I did four years ago. We never had it so good. All right, this is an unbeatable message. Um, unbeatable messenger? I think so, but, man, they are going to come after him hard. I mean, if you work in the swamp, if you work in the State Department, the FBI, the CIA, you hear this. What are you going to do? Yeah, the deep state. You're going to work. You're going to do anything you can. Do we have one more? I think we have one more, right? Uh, hit it, Donald Trump. We'll also stop the lobbyists and the big defense contractors from going in and pushing our senior military and national security officials toward conflict, only to reward them when they retire with lucrative jobs, getting paid millions and millions of dollars. Take a look at the globalist warmonger donors backing our opponents. That's because they're candidates of war. I am the president who delivers peace, and it's peace through strength. There was a reason we had no conflict. There was a reason we didn't get into wars, because other countries respected us. I entirely built 
all right from the beginning, rebuilt our military. It's a big reason for that. They didn't want to mess around with the United States, and now they're laughing at us. We could end the Ukraine conflict in 24 hours with the right leadership. At the end of my next four years, the warmongers and frauds and failures of the senior ranks of our government will all be gone, and we will have a new group of competent national security officials who believe in defending America's vital interests above all else. Thank you very much. Ending the Ukraine conflict in 24 hours, I actually believe it's possible. And I also believe it would not have happened. 60% of Americans agree it would not have happened if he were still president. Hey, remember that question about where's Ukraine? All right, let's, uh, let's get the answer, okay? Which one? There it is, the big yellow one, right? That is Ukraine. But how many people in America could really nail that on the first try? We'll be right back. These people are being neglected by the federal government, probably portions of the state government, East Palestine, Ohio. The calamity that happened there looks like they're being blown off. I know Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg has not made it there. Why not? And why wouldn't he go? It's kind of strange, right? He's in public service. He says he'll go at the right time. Now is not the right time, but he'll go at the right time. It is always the right time, though, for Pete to go on television. Uh, Pete live shot Buttigieg. He was on TV today more than Don Lemon. Oh, <laughs> this is just from today. Talking about not going to confront a problem because, uh, well, he had his convoluted reasons. We'll get to that in a moment. But overall, I think this guy is into the fun of politics, not the work of governing. When he was mayor of South Bend, Indiana, did he look like he was really into the job? No. He thought to himself, hey, I went to Harvard. All right, this is a pit stop. Let's get my career going. I got a plan. He ran for the Democrat National Committee chair. That didn't work out. So he runs for president as the sitting mayor of some small town in Indiana. I don't like the idea of white privilege, but that's white privilege, huh? <laughs> He's always looking for a way out of his responsibilities. Uh, he did the same thing when he found a back door into an obscure corner of the military and went to Afghanistan to pose for some glory pictures and then come back to that humdrum job <laughs> of being mayor. Uh, he could not wait to get out of there and got to hand it to him. Uh, he did. Ran for president, got out of that town. How many people live in South Bend, Indiana? 102,000 uh, residents. And, and Pete got out of there. Why? How? Why is he on the national stage? Yes, because he happens to be gay. You don't care. I don't care. The political press, oh boy, they would not stop writing that story, that he was gay. Somehow that was interesting to them. Anyway, it's uh, fun to listen to these guys justify why they're not responding to the people of East Palestine. The administration has come under some fire for its response. The mayor of East Palestine has said it took nearly two weeks for the White House to contact him. There were shouts of, where's Pete Buttigieg at a town hall meeting last week. Uh, what's your response to that? When are you going to go to East Palestine? Well, I am planning to go, and uh, our folks were on the ground from the first hours. I do want to stress that the NTSB needs to be able to do its work independently. 
The National Transportation Safety Board, they work for the Department of Transportation. So the Secretary of Transportation shows up, they're going to drop everything and ask Pete Buttigieg what he wants. And they'll, no, it doesn't work that way. Look, this guy is skirting leadership, uh, probably because the chief of staff at the White House, whoever that is these days, is telling him the administration is not responding the way an administration should respond. They're all coming up with convoluted reasons as to why they haven't been or why they waited so long to go. This next guy, Regan, he's the EPA chief. Take a look. Sir, what what took so long? Well, you know, I have to say I'm thankful for the emergency responders, including my EPA staff that were on the ground hours after the trail derailment and have been there since. I, I think we have to be responsible here and understand when you bring in a senior official, especially at the cabinet level, you divert or pull away resources from the emergency response, uh, from the state police and the like. All right. You're such a rock star. You're going to go with an entourage so big. Give me a break and get over yourself. Nobody knows who you are. you can, You got to wear a big button that says you're the EPA guy. They just... They all go into it for the fun, for the wrong reasons, not to actually serve the people. I firmly believe that. So the CEO of the railroad, Northern Suffolk, Suffolk Northern, Norfolk Southern, um, he swears he drank the water. If East Palestine was your home, would you have come back? Would you bring your children back right now? Yes. Yes, I've come back multiple times. I'm drinking the water here. All right. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Uh, later, he and a couple of other people actually made a big show out of drinking water in somebody's kitchen. Um, look, it's not about drinking water once. It's about prolonged exposure. And this isn't some this is this is a drive by for these people. What about the folks who actually live there? I think it's different. I think it's different. I'll never forget Christine Todd Whitman. I was in New York on September 11, 2001. And she told everybody that the air was fine. At the time, she was the head of the EPA as well. No asbestos was in there, is in those buildings. Lead is in those buildings. There are the, the VOCs. However, the concentrations are such that they don't pose a health hazard. We're going to make sure everybody's safe. Well, um, her cavalier attitude led to the deaths of thousands upon thousands of people. And years later... She had to say she was wrong in telling New Yorkers that post-9-11 air was safe. Uh, you saw all those non-scientists uh, kind of grabbing the water in that kitchen. I saw two scientists uh, 48 hours ago. They were on mainstream media. I don't think that they were particularly political at all. Uh, they were asked point blank, what would they do with their own kids? Listen to this. Bottom line, would you move back to East Palestine if you were living there? I have two little boys. I would not. Okay. How about you? Not yet. Not until there's more testing. Wow. The chemist and the professor said they're not ready to go back. But all the political people are saying it's fine. Yet the real senior political people are not actually going to East Palestine. It's all a mess. And it reminds me of uh, what Ronald Reagan once said about the government. I think you all know that I've always felt the Nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Ronald Reagan, amazing, amazing. Uh, you know who he had very little regard for? It's in his diary. 
Joe Biden. I noticed something about Joe when he was walking around like uh, he won the lottery over there in Poland after his trip to Ukraine. That's a beautiful top coat, cashmere. It costs about $7,000 at least. This guy dresses incredibly well. And it does remind me of all the homes he has and the money. And uh, he boasted for a long time that he was, well, how did he put it? He had no cash, right? I was illicit for all the years I was a senator as the poorest man in the United States Congress. I had the dubious distinction of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. All right, poorest man in Congress. Uh, but he didn't think he deserved not to be paid. Take a look at this quote. It's an interesting one. Biden said at one point, I believe we should strive to reach the point where members of Congress give up the right to all income but their annual salaries. And we can come to that point only when our annual salaries fully reflect the magnitude of our duties and responsibilities. It's really, there's a lot here. The magnitude of their responsibilities. They're passing budgets, you know, trillion-dollar budgets. If you're on a committee that's in charge of that, <laughs> you are supposed to make many, many, many millions of dollars. Now, the pay for senators has always been, you know, not that. Uh, so Joe thinks he's entitled to more money. He doesn't say no to outside income because the salaries never reflected the magnitude of his job. Hence, he found other streams of revenue and bought everything in sight. <laughs> Crazy cars, houses all over the place, nice watches, and who knows what else. From time to time, you can see this in his personal financial statements. Uh, 2017, the year he left uh, the vice presidency, uh, a crazy amount of money. And we're supposed to believe that most of this money came from his lame book, Promise Me, Dad. Uh, nobody but nobody buys that. All right. Here's something that's important to understand about Joe. The why he got into politics. He says it out loud here and it just doesn't add up. He's just in it because it's a cool thing to do. He doesn't really want to do anything for the people. Compare what he said back in 1972 when he first got into politics to what Trump said just a few years ago when he first got into politics. I'm Joe Biden, and I'm a candidate for the United States Senate. Politicians have done such a job on the people that the people don't believe them anymore. And I'd like a shot at changing that. I would repeal and replace the big lie Obamacare. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Yeah. Mark my words. Yeah. Nobody would be tougher on ISIS than Donald Trump. Yeah. Nobody. I will find the right guy. I will find the guy that's going to take that military and make it really work. Nobody, nobody will be pushing us around. Yeah. All right. So Donald Trump wanted to do something. Joe Biden wanted the shot at being a big shot. It's remarkable, isn't it? I'll be right back. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads 
Go to LipsonAds.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Well, the questions about how this happened and what's going to happen next and what are the conditions there right now, it doesn't seem like we can get a straight answer. Uh, there was a lot of conflicting information, a lot of confusion. We are joined once again by two folks from that area. DJ Yokely, he's the founder of Your Sports Network, a media company live streaming local high school sports. And Russell Murphy, East Palestine, Ohio resident, Ohio sales representative uh, for R.E. Michael, if I got that right, a heating and air conditioner parts supplier. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, how are you guys doing? Let's start first with you, DJ. We're doing well, as well as we can be at this at this point in time. Uh, you know, we've we've been in meetings. We've we've seen uh, our political leaders all day. Uh, really, uh, had the chance to meet with uh, Alan Shaw, the CEO of Norfolk Southern, and his team, and. I really think that we're getting this back on, on the right track, uh, no pun intended. All right. Well, sounds good. And uh, was it did they just turn a corner recently? Because we have been hearing, you know, a lack of responsiveness, a lot of confusion. Did things suddenly improve or have we been fed some fake news? I think at the end of it, they, you know, they've wanted trust the entire time. And our message to them is, is we will trust you if you trust us. And, and they're, they're very open to what we're going through. This is something that has never happened before in American history. And, and we have the pen in East Palestine to be able to write the greatest comeback story in American history. And I think uh, Alan Shaw, his team, they're committed to not only helping us survive, but helping us thrive moving forward. And, you know, for him to look me and, and the other business people in the eye uh, today and to, to commit to us that, you know, there is no finish line until you tell us it's all done. That means a lot to me moving forward. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Shaw did not show up at the town hall meeting the other night, and the company actually put out a statement that they were afraid, forgive me, of the people who live there, people like you guys. Uh, seems like he really came around. Russell Murphy, sir, welcome. And uh, what are you experiencing and how do you feel about things? Uh, um, experiencing a lot of the same symptoms that some of the residents are experiencing. And, and I think the most important thing to me that Norfolk Southern, you know, NS stand for some, stands for something else, and it's no-show. Um, today was a little different, bit of a different story, and we'll, we'll see how things move forward. All right. And from the federal government, that's the railroad. Look, hey, let me ask you guys this. <laughs> President Trump is coming tomorrow. 
Uh, you know, I think it's great, but you guys are on the ground. Are people excited? Are they rolling their eyes? DJ, what are you hearing? Well, people are excited. I think it comes down to we're excited that anybody that wants to roll up their sleeves, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, uh, and help. But that's what we need. We need help. And, and if you're coming here, grab a shovel and, and dig in with us because that's what we need. We don't need lip service. We don't need to be politicized. We need people to help us get back on our feet and dig in our cleats and, and start the race. Now, there were a bunch of executives in a kitchen drinking water. And I think the EPA administrator was there, your, your guy from the railroad. And uh, yeah, they drank the water, but they don't have to drink it every day. And it's sustained, my understanding is, it's sustained exposure to this stuff. It's not like you drink one glass and, you know, your life has changed forever. But for children who are drinking it every single day or bathing in it, and I noticed uh, <laughs> one of those guys there is not exactly chugging it, is he? Um, Russell, uh, what do you think? Uh, just, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not chugging it. I know I wouldn't chug it. I'm on a well. I'm not on city water, so I'm still waiting for my test results to come back. Um, but as far as the the federal representation, you know, they're, they're, Trump coming, I think, is huge. You know, uh, a man of dignity does not only what he's required to do, but he does what he's compelled to do. And I think that's why Mr. Trump is coming because he cares. He cares about us little guys. He wants his town to do good. And so do we. I agree. And, uh, well, I'm sorry this happened, but uh, you guys seem like you're doing pretty good right now, the two of you. Uh, tough guys. DJ Yokely, uh, what's your, your sports network? How do we find that? You head over to YSNlive.com, uh, and you can check out all the local sports teams from around the area, including uh, our East Palestine Bulldogs. All right. And Russell Murphy, uh, you want to lay low or do you want to give us a way to reach out to you? Oh, no, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you hold your hand up to your ear and you listen real good, <laughs> Trump train back on the tracks and he's, he's, he's showing up. Very good. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks for uh, sharing with us uh, your experiences. And we'll be right back. So 2024, by the way, I have to ask you, actually, somebody did ask me to ask you, would you run for president? Are you thinking about running for president in 2024? I'm thinking about governing Florida and then running for re-election in 2022. All right. I tried to set the political world on fire with that question. It did not happen. Uh, however, our next guest just wrote a big story on Ron DeSantis, and it did set the political world on fire. Selena Zito she is a national political reporter uh, for the Washington Examiner and also a columnist at the New York Post. And this story got so many people talking. Uh, DeSantis, people don't want a, the woke agenda being shoved down their throats. And she accompanied Ron DeSantis through his hometown. Some great pictures, by the way. Look at Ron at the stadium. Look at Ron in the uh, baseball dugout, it looks like. And look at Ron when he was a 10-year-old uh, kid catching fish. It was quite a story. Selena Zito, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Hey, Greg. How are you? Terrific. Uh, listen, uh, the world really lit up. They think that this is a campaign announcement, uh, so to speak. Did you see it that way? A lot of people read that story and think, OK, this is it. He's running for president. 
Um, you know, a lot of people read into it that way. Um, you could go either way. I, I find it hard to believe that after that interview, uh, and not because I wrote it and I reported it, but just because of the, the interest he had in telling his story in a very personal way. But then the rollout in Chicago and uh, Philadelphia, in my home state of Pennsylvania, and also in New York, tells me that he is at least trying to set the stage for the platform that he believes the country should go in. That's, that's sort of what I took from it. He's not going to announce until he's done with this legislative session. And if, if I was someone advising him, but I would never be, but that's probably no matter who you are, is if you're going to run for that executive position, then I think it's important to sort of make sure that you have accomplishments that you can point to. Uh, when President Trump announced in August of 2015, right. he had accomplishments that he talked about. They were very different uh, than what DeSantis uh, uh, or, or Nikki Haley or anyone else is running is rolling out. But, you know, I think anyone that's running for president yeah. wants to be able to point to those things. So, and, yeah. You were riding all around his hometown. Sorry, but you're riding around. And, um, it was kind of cool. He kept on emphasizing his blue-collar roots. Uh, I was wondering your impression. When he kept talking about that, was he being genuine? Was he overselling it? Some politicians do that. Was he trying to win you over? First of all, the blue-collar thing. And was he really trying to woo you, you know, like Bill Clinton tries to get the reporter to like him? Did you feel like that was going on? No, actually, he, he does have that street cred. Um, and and I, I encourage people to also read the uh, companion piece in the Washington Examiner, uh, which talks about his roots. His family, his father is from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. He used to be the home of Jones and Lachlan Steel, one of the largest steel uh, manufacturing uh, complexes in the country. His mom is from Poland. Uh, Ohio, which is right next door to Youngstown, Ohio. It's a, it's a working class suburb. Um, so, so his family has that street cred. And, and his hometown also, while it is now more upscale, it's, it's, it's a mix of blue collar and, up, and middle class and upper middle class. When he was living there and he was showing me all of these places, he was, at, at times, he was, wow, there was never anything like this when I was growing up. You know, it was yeah. light industrial. It was um, uh, mom and pop shops. It was strip, strip malls. Um, so, you know, it, it, it comes from an honest place. His dad installed yeah. Nielsen yeah. rating um, uh, in, in people's um, homes, and his mom's a nurse. That's pretty that's pretty blue collar. Let's listen to uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in Staten Island. Cut 13, please. You have to have strong respect and strong support for the people that wear the uniform. So let's get communities all across this country uh, to recognize the vital role that the people that wear the uniform play. It's it's great stuff. I notice he I think he lost a little bit of weight. He looks he looks good. Um, let me ask you this. There are there's rumblings out there that he's kind of arrogant. I have heard that. I've also heard that he doesn't call back uh, the big time donors. That's neither here nor there with me. But the donors like are upset. 
Have you heard anything about that? And did you see any signs of, um, you know, hey, I'm Ron DeSantis, get out of the way? Absolutely not. That was the most refreshing part of the story. While I have interviewed him before uh, in, in Pennsylvania, he did an event in Pennsylvania a year ago, and I also interviewed him uh, on the phone uh, when the Disney thing sort of started breaking last year. That was the first time that I saw him walking around town, and, and he really didn't have an entourage with him. And people just came up to him and talked to him, and he was very engaging, very charming. He does that thing that I think is really important that both Bill Clinton and Donald Trump did. Uh, this is this is a this is an important characteristic to have as a candidate. He's curious, so huh. he asks people about their lives. He asks them where they're from, what they're doing, why do they live here, and and that is a quality that is very very important in terms of relating to people uh, as a candidate. And I think it's rare, even you know, it's yeah. rare for really to for these guys. It's often all about them. That's interesting. Well, Selena Zito, uh, folks, check her out. Her work is amazing. Uh, at Selena, at Zito Selena on Twitter. You can find her at the New York Post and the Washington Examiner. Nice to meet you, and uh, thank you. Great piece. Thank you. If they want to check out all the stories, they can just go to selenazito.com. They're all there. Selenazito.com. Yeah. I'll see you there. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Be right back. So I want Jimmy Carter to live to be 120. I hope he pulls out of this thing. He's in tough shape. 98 years old, right? What a life. What a life. So when he passes, um, everybody will say, what an amazing president he was. He wasn't. Um, one of the reasons why he's been rehabilitated is because, well, he came out pretty hard against Trump. Um, anyway, I wasn't a fan of his presidency. And he did some weird stuff. This was the famous Malaise speech. Uh, listen to the thing he said at the very top. Good evening. This is a special night for me. Exactly three years ago, on July 15th, 1976, I accepted the nomination of my party to run for president of the United States. Has a president ever acknowledged the anniversary of their nomination in an Oval Office ever? Who cares when you were nominated? It's very strange. The speech went downhill from there. This is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see this crisis in the growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives and in the loss of a unity of purpose. It's underwater. Uh, so I remember watching this as a little kid thinking that I was in trouble, <laughs> that I had done something wrong and he was disappointed in me and everybody else. Um, look, good man, uh, bad president. I don't think we're going to have too much in the way of objective analysis when and if he passes. I hope again it's in 20 years. I wonder if people remember how vicious they were to Rush Limbaugh. That was not vicious. That was just an assessment. There's a lot I liked about Jimmy Carter, especially his post-presidency and the nice things he did. But they were so rough on our hero, Rush Limbaugh. Do you remember? Rush Limbaugh died today. He is among the three people in recent American history who had the most influence 
in building the modern Republican Party. The idea of injecting chaos and sexism, manipulation, racism, and dirty tricks directly into the artery of the Republican Party. The Rush Limbaugh show quickly became known for its extreme conservative slant. Uh, you see, you see, you see what they did, even in death. They gave him, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. And the thing is, even conservative media, they're going to go so light and breezy and glorify Jimmy Carter. I guess it's the human thing to do. It's too bad that they're not human with our side, you know? Anyway, thank you. I'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is power is freedom is money is health is newsmax millions watch it so can you newsmax is real news for real people thank you we'll see you tomorrow